Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Maris. Adam, only one of us here forgot that the team that they cover has one more game to go, and it is not me. How about that? Is it because the Lakers don't have one more game to go? Otherwise, you would have forgotten. <laughs> no, I just got swept up in the moment. I mean, that Damian Lillard shot, like, or just that game in, in the conclusion of the Portland game and the fact that it was a sort of de facto end to the seeding round, it felt like the literal end to the seeding round. <laughs> I, uh, look, today was a primed and ready time for me to forget that the Lakers had one more game to go. They played <laughs> at, tw- uh, what was it? 2 30 or 12 30 my time and uh avery was just having one of her days and i came this close to not watching but i was able to remember well, largely in part because like people were calling you up for not remembering <laughs> well i'll tell you 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 find that to be a, an anomaly but for me the nuggets played all but two of their games early at that time so um, <laughs> and we'll and, be playing their playoff surprise, games there too. <laughs> surprise surprise the playoffs are also morning games here in denver so really uh the nba really doing a great job of building the fan base in their uh, their key markets like denver I'm sorry, I don't blame man. Them. I'm, I'm complaining, but I don't blame them. I totally get it. All of the Lakers games are like nine o'clock, nine o'clock, eight of o'clock, course. nine o'clock. So, yeah. so, all right. Today's show, we are going to quickly take you through the gate, the day's games, uh, obviously culminating in the Blazers win over the Nets, but there was a plenty of stuff to, to kind of set the table for that game. And then in the second segment, Adam and I are going to take you through kind of our observations of this bubble and whether or not some of this is actually replicable moving forward, because I actually think some of it should be. Uh, <laughs> like, they, they should try to, to re-harness some of what we've enjoyed over Strong these agree. last couple weeks. And then in the final segment for our power rankings, we are going to power rank, now that the matchups are all set, we are going to power rank the top eight <laughs> Playoff all, matchups all, in the first round. All eight. All eight. And, and, eight and, and look, it, it took some negotiating eight. to get me. <laughs> it took some negotiating to, to get the, the last three in there. I was, I was oh, asking so for terrible. top five. Adam made me do all eight. Or, or it's going to make me listen to him talk about all eight of them. Let's start. This is going to be a like good I show. Said, There's a lot the of good games. stuff. These are all good topics. I can't wait. I, I agree. So let's start with the games that didn't mean anything. Uh, you had the Pelicans play the Magic. And that was a 133 to 127 game uh, that I don't think anybody really important played in from any of either of their kind well, of Well, that's because you don't think any of them are important. But of course, Vucevic played. He had faults play. You did have guys play just a little bit, but the game didn't mean anything. We could move on. Uh, the Kings played the Lakers. That was a 136 to 122 affair. LeBron played a little bit in it, and then that was it. Uh, the Washington Wizards knocked off the Boston bench Celtics 96 to 90. And that's about all I want to talk about for any of those games. Okay. In games that actually mattered, the Grizzlies went out and beat the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis. And I was a little nervous because after the first quarter, the Grizzlies were only up by like one point, And then from there kind of took care of business. And, and for a young team for, or for a team as young as the Grizzlies are, playing without Jaron Jackson Jr. It's just nice to see them take care of business here. It is, but, uh, you know, one of the themes sort of of the bubble has been that a lot of teams that don't have anything to play for, Milwaukee, obviously, one of those teams, they've just kind of 
stopped trying at a certain portion. I think mentally it's ex- impossible to expect them to have gone all out tonight. But if you go in the second half of this game, your starters, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, um, you know, they just didn't play very many minutes. So this was as much of a here you guys go, Memphis, let's do you as solid as you can get. Next game here that set the table before the Trailblazers next game was the Jazz beating the San Antonio Spurs and ending the Spurs playoff streak that for some reason people care about. Uh, 118 to 112. Uh, some you, believe it or not, some people do like basketball. Like they they like the basketball <laughs> portion of the NBA. It's a crazy, I know it's a crazy sort of a crazy thought, but like half the teams make the playoffs every year. So way to go, Spurs! You are not one of those teams now. Moving forward, and then finally, the game that I really wanted to get to as quickly as possible was the Trailblazers beating the Nets. Uh, Dame Lillard did Dame Lillard things. Actually, did in you this completely game, overlook winning... the Phoenix Suns? You have to mention the Phoenix Suns, oh, who did a perfect eight and zero inside the bubble. I can't believe you forgot them and just brushed over that. I apologize to the Phoenix Suns. Did you hear? This... Did you happen to see my analogy on Twitter? Because I thought I gave the perfect analogy. What is it? The Phoenix Suns basically were were that student who didn't pay attention throughout the entire semester, procrastinated like crazy. Then studied and crammed and uh, uh, yes, aced the, the final. Sure, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know yeah. that student very well. I still got my degree. C's get <laughs> C's to get degrees. <laughs> uh, but the Suns miscalculated what it was going to take to pass a class and then failed. You know what though? I'm, I that's your takeaway from this. I we're going to talk no, about that's this more. Not my takeaway. It's my it's my Twitter takeaway. It's your joke. Okay, it's your joke. Yeah. Um, but my takeaway is there was a lot of th- positives that come out of this. We're going to talk about this more in the second round in the second segment where we talk about the the just the whole seeding round concept. But I feel like this was the best thing that could have happened to the Phoenix Suns. Not the missing the playoffs part. I think they would have loved to get made the playoffs. But they kind of did make the playoffs. They had to win eight games and they had to have things go right, and they passed it. This is. To me, it's almost akin to a an eight seed going to seven games with a one seed and then losing at the final buzzer. They this was great experience for that young group, and they really came together. I, th- I think it's one of the great stories of this uh, of the NBA's restart. Absolutely, if not, I agree with every word of that. And then Monty Williams' speech to his team at the end of it was just, yeah, I'm really I'm really looking forward to what the scenes bring or what the Suns bring. Here in like a couple months, like we yeah, we are very me. far removed from the next time we see the Phoenix Suns. DeAndre uh, Ayton, I that, thought, made a leap. Devin Booker made a leap. Cameron Johnson, um, you know, they're, they're just that whole young team. I just thought really made a, a, a big step forward in this. So, uh, Suns fans, I know it sucks, missed out getting that close, a ship inside of land, um, but I, not all is lost. That was a great, great run. Finally. That gets us to the Blazers Nets game where Dean actually won the game on a steal, not a bucket, not <laughs> not some crazy deep three point or anything like that. But but he helped seal the game by stealing the ball from Karis Levert, and then CJ McCollum went down and iced the game uh, with two broken vertebrae in his back. Uh, and right. and it's insane. It's insane <laughs> what 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 CJ McCollum was apparently playing through. Uh, but but yeah, what was your takeaway from the Blazers beating the Nets? I have a couple different takeaways from this. I mean, what my number one takeaway was my goodness, what a fun game. And it was so great that it came it down. I mean, this was incredible. It all came down to that game. The Phoenix Suns were watching that one. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies are watching yeah. that. Everybody's got their eyes, and the whole league kind of revolved around that game. And for a game to deliver like it did there. And by the way, yeah. Brooklyn, 
shouts to Brooklyn for putting up that fight in that moment because um, they didn't need to. They had nothing to gain mm-hmm. or lose from that. They really don't have anything 17. to gain or lose from being inside of the bubble. <laughs> but you get guys that are, by the way, probably out the door or you know, likely just not big pieces going forward. And they kind of give that swan – I know they're in the playoffs, but they give that sort of swan song in the seating round. I just thought I was, it was so good for the league. It, it was a great moment, and I think it's one of those things that – a lot of NBA fans are going to remember for a long time. And then of course, Damian Lillard, incredible performances throughout the bubble. And it's funny that maybe his, one of his most memorable performances was missing two free throws and getting, you know, sort of clowned by the Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to remember Mm -hmm. that, but how many players have that moment, the, the complete collapse moment, but it's yeah. completely swallowed up by 61 points, right. by 42 right. points, by just so so immediately. It was just like, oh, he missed free throws? Oh, that's right. He had he went out and <laughs> 60, 50, whatever it was. It was yeah. insane. And Anthony, we talked so much. We, we, before we came on live, we were sitting here talking about how analysts often like to take away the mystery of the game because they'll break it down into a scientific or mathematical level or the, even you know, the film study, we get it down. But sometimes it's fun to just sit there and be in awe of something or someone. And I thought that yeah. this entire seating round, look, the Blazers got a lot of lucky breaks. They played a lot against a lot of teams that were trying to help them get into this into the seating round or into the playoff. But watching Damian Lillard sort of play at that level and hit the shots that he did that logo shot that he had in the fourth quarter tonight Dude, was he just hit one- that from Epcot. I mean, that might've been a, I, what, what was that? 45 foot three pointer. I mean, that thing was, <laughs> that thing was incredible. And he just shot it. Like he, he hit it from Jerry West shoelace. It, it really insane. was. And it, it's just one of those things that you won't forget. Um, I think these things can be overstated often in sports, but it's not overstated in this moment. Damian Lillard just has something about him that these moments seem to find him. And he, and he, the moments find him and then he comes through. Like that's, that's what I mean. Thing. That's that, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the big moments that he, that he sort of steps to the plate and knocks down. And it wasn't just this game. I mean, the, the thing is, is when you're watching this game, you just kind of knew these moments were coming and then they came and it just, it, it was, it was fantastic basketball. Honestly, it was, I put this out there, but there's things about the seating round that were good and not good, but getting to watch Damian Lillard in this setting do these things to me, it made it all worth it. If everything else went awry, this alone was worth it. Absolutely. Uh, that's a perfect segue actually to what we're going to talk about here in the second segment. You already kind of alluded to it where, where you basically said, hey, we, uh, you know, just putting Damian Lillard on this kind of stage is is in and of itself kind of what we are looking for, especially at this stage. Like when, when, when we reach this portion of your typical NBA season, it is not what we saw over the last couple of weeks, just in terms of matchups, in terms of, yeah. of drama late in each individual game. Like it's, it's a lot of you know, DMP CDs, it's a lot of DMP old, it's a lot of yeah, yeah. mode management, the kind of stuff that, you know, quite frankly, I could see why some some fans have kind of turned away from that aspect of, of the sport. And and my question to you, Adam, is, is A, what has been your favorite kind of addition to this season by way of the bubble? And B, is do you see how any of this can be replicated moving forward well i I don't see the nba replicating it 
maybe for one more year, because of course we're in a pandemic and we don't know when this pandemic is going to sort of slowly get uh, the world will slowly get back to normal. It might be a very long time. So I could see them replicating it again next season, but I don't see them making drastic changes, but boy has this highlighted how fun things can be when you mix things up. It reminds me a lot of the Elam ending with the all-star game. Oh, this isn't how we do things. Yes, it's not traditional. Yeah, it's and then point. once you do it, you're like, Oh wow, this is a shot of adrenaline. Isn't it? This is incredibly yeah. fun. I, it reminded me of that because there were so many do or die games. I think we, in the NBA, we often think about the final moment, right? The who's going to win the title. It doesn't matter who does this or gets this thing or that thing. But what this created was many championships along the way. There was little things that you thought, oh, we know this Tonight is the first seed, the second game. seed. Yeah, it was like a pre-playoff playoff game. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with you completely. And what I would be kind of looking for if I was the NBA is, look, it's it's a league that especially moving forward is going to be really looking for a way to to generate some more revenue right because of the disaster that the 2019 2020 season has been in that respect and one of the places i would really start is late in the year where you would otherwise have a whole bunch of teams playing different teams to try to get different seedings yeah. in a different scenario that you know you'd have you'd have like the the you know, Detroit Pistons would be playing in, in some of these games or yeah. or the, the you know, whatever this year's Golden State Warriors will be playing in a game that they don't care about. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about this was even, like, I really think a lot of sports is habitual. And I think the reason why the Brooklyn Nets played as hard as they did, not only because a lot of the guys are really trying to to, you know, make their names known a little bit more moving forward beyond the season. Cause they're all kind of contending to make rosters beyond the season, but also the habit that comes with just consistent competition. And since all of these teams showed up, you couldn't take a night off unless you were like the Lakers, right. Who sealed up their, their seating really early on or Milwaukee, was right. able to, to to figure out where they were going to be. Yeah, but even really those teams that bubble. don't have anything to play for for a seeding, yeah. part of this is the nature of four months off. I don't think you ever want to replicate for having four months off yeah. unless you no, absolutely no. have to. <laughs> that aspect of it, let's never, ever, ever replicate any of that. But you know what it was? <laughs> but you know what we are replicating, or, or the thing that I think can be replicated is this idea of maybe a short break and then uh, gearing up for the playoffs. The Lakers games and the Milwaukee Bucks games they actually did have purpose. You wanted the team to get ready for the playoffs. You wanted them to mm -hmm. kind of get their groove back. And um, so they did have things to play for. And we saw Lakers games. I mean, the Laker-Denver game, Lakers going hard down the stretch for that one and meant something when they won it at the buzzer. It meant something to them. And I just yeah. think when you create those types of moments, it's so much better than having the Lakers playing, to your point, the Detroit Pistons or the Atlanta Hawks, a team that says – you know, we're not trying to win this one. We're actually trying to lose. And oh, by the way, we're just, we have different motivations. We're trying to roll things out. So to me, I think there's something to, can you have a sort of regular season? Can you have a sort of seeding round? And then can you have a playoffs? I know that's not traditional. I know it's different, but it does create motivations at different stages of the year. And it sort of keeps the motivation to play hard there in a way that was very, very entertaining. I can understand why they didn't want to try to rebuild it from the ground up in this setting because there were so many variables already. Yeah. But now that they've seen this, I do kind of hope that Adam Silver looks at it and says, how would a group stage look? Right. How would, how, how would some of these kind of outlandish ideas look or, or, or how could we pull them off? Uh, you know, even if it's something as simple as, 
hey, let's just reseed one through 16. Yeah. You know, and, there's and some of like, those moves I think that could like happen. That. So if you look at the things that maybe didn't go well in the bubble, you know, there was a lot of tanking because it became a point where every team kind of looked at the matchup and said, oh, if we lose this, we get this team and we want that or what have you. Right. And that was an oversight. I think if you would just allow the top seed, this was one change they could have made, allowed the top seeds to pick the lower seed. So the Lakers. Absolutely. You please. Pick, pick who you want. Because you get a game against the Clippers and Nuggets last night where both teams kind of wanted to lose. They didn't really care. <laughs> if instead, you absolutely want that because that gives you the second pick of, you know, mm -hmm. in the seat of who you play in the playoffs. Now it becomes really valuable and both teams are trying to win that rather than trying to lose. So that's one change. But I do think there's something too. I, I, I don't know if the NBA would ever go this way, but I wonder if there is something too. You play till the All-Star break, you know, early February, mid-February, and then that's the regular season. And then you're seeded. After that, it's like, okay, now the Lakers are the number one seed. Now we're in the, the, the group play stage to see where you get seeded for the playoffs. And, and then you have that, and you, put, you take out the bad team so we don't have to watch the Atlanta Hawks play their third-string point guard to find out what they have. Instead, you just have the good teams, and every game in, in the seeding round is, is good. And then you go into the playoffs. It's sort of three stages. I think that might be more interesting. It both shortens the regular season and creates That's a big one and, and creates competitive uh, competitive games down the stretch before the playoffs begin. Shortening the shortening that regular season, I think, is a big one. Yeah, because you know, like you, you get the excitement of the NBA starting opening night, and then everybody is kind of bung, you know, jumbled up together for for like a month or so. Then you see to start to see, you know, how some teams are going to be going. Then you get that slog <laughs> of of like January and February, where it's just like, all right, we're still doing this, huh? Right, we're still right. here, and 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 doing whatever the league can do to to avoid that. I think would be really important. Yeah, I hope I hope they do something. Like that's that's my takeaway here. Is that we've seen how fun this can be. We see how fun just having good teams match up against good teams, and 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 even if it's something as simple as hey. If you want some extra revenue, you have to compete to get into a bubble like this. That might make some teams like that might take away some some tanking incentives. Of Just course, something to 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 get a lot more teams to take the the regular season more seriously for longer. That's what I think the NBA should be looking for. And I'm not a huge fan of complete overhauls. I'm I, I like a little bit of tradition in sports, but at the same time, I do think that this improves the league in a way that um, can become a norm. So I just have so enjoyed watching good teams play against each other every night, and you just don't get that in the NBA under normal circumstances. You get a lot of games where it's, it's very imbalanced, late in season, different motivations. Got to get, got to fix that. Yep. All right. Let's take another quick second here. When we come back. Adam has has ranked the playoff matchups that we have. There are eight of them mm. right now. This was hard. Adam is going to take us through uh, all eight of them from worst to best, and I'm going to react to how he ranked them. All right, so... Obviously, because of the way these things are situated, you have, you know, some disparity between the uh, top of the conferences and then who they're going to be playing at the bottom of them. So we kind of know how things are going to look at the bottom of them. But the more you go through some of these matchups, the the harder it becomes to actually rank which one is better than the other. So I'm really oh, interested. There, yeah, there's a lot of ties really in here. <laughs> once Once we get through like the first kind of two or three of them i'm really interested 
uh, how, how you put some of these together. Cause I don't know if yeah. I could have put together one of these lists. So let's start with number eight. What's the, what's the playoff matchup that you're least looking forward to? So Milwaukee has lost 17 games this season. None of those were to the Orlando magic. And I think <laughs> that to me is where you have to start. I mean, Milwaukee's really good. Orlando, not so much. You could try to talk yourself into maybe some of the young players, the Fultzes, and you know maybe there's something there. But I just it's not going to be competitive. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to be all that interesting. So that one was an easy number eight for me. I agree. I think you have to overthink to get Orlando to even win a game there, let alone two. Uh, sure. What's your number seven here? Uh, Toronto, Brooklyn, staying in the Eastern Conference. I think Orlando and Brooklyn probably the two worst teams in in the bubble. You know, yeah. in the, in, going into the tournament, in the bubble playoff teams in the bubble mm-hmm. playoff teams. So Toronto, I'm so impressed with Toronto. I think they're a very good team. They did lose one game out of four to um, to Brooklyn. So maybe you could talk yourself into something there, but I just I don't see it. I, Brooklyn fought hard, and they do have some pieces. I kind of like the way they play as just like a bubble spoiler, the seating spoilers they almost got to do tonight against Portland, but Toronto's too disciplined, too good. They're, I don't think that game is close. That series is close. Yeah. Brooklyn plays really, really hard, but Toronto has a been there before and, and, and B is just flat out better. Number yeah, six in your list. Poison. Number six on my list is the Lakers and whoever it is that comes out of Portland, Memphis. I suspect it will be Portland. Um, but you, I think people want to really talk themselves into this and look, I could be talked into it. I do not think the Lakers have looked that great in this seeding round. I could kind of squint and really, you know, maybe have a few <laughs> drinks and beer goggles. Yeah, put on some, go- <laughs> yeah, some beer. Go- I could try to do that because look, Damian Lillard <laughs> is that good. But you know what, Portland is not good at defending wings. The Lakers <laughs> have one. He's pretty good. Who's that? It's LeBron James. Well, it's not oh, Kyle Kuzma. Guy. Kyle Kuzma's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, wondering who who you had on your mind. If if you I, want a little, I can let you talk because I know this is your series. Lakers led the yeah. series two one during the during the regular season. You can maybe talk yourself into Nurkic being physical and Anthony Davis being a guy that you know is maybe you know can be pushed around a little bit of this that. But I just don't see it. I think the series is a uh, is not very close. I don't think Portland's that good. <laughs> Damian Lillard was incredible, and they eked out a few wins. Yeah, I think uh, I think AD's numbers against Portland. Back in 2018, were something like 33, 8, you know, one and a half and two. Oh, he was uh, dominating in, in, in this canter? Yeah. Well, okay. either way. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, the, the one major difference here is is Yusuf Nurkic, who, you know, is still coming back from, from an insane injury. And while he looked good, they couldn't get stops against the Brooklyn Nets. If you want to – another thing, if you want to squint, if you really want to squint, Portland's got some guys that can make some threes. The Lakers, if they're vulnerable, it can be for a team that tries, kind of outguns them. It's a no-defense series, and you just make a lot of three-pointers. But, again, I just don't see it. But, again, we're talking about the series. We didn't really talk about the Toronto or Milwaukee one, so this one ranks That's fair. And then also, yeah, I, shout out to Memphis, I, too. Memphis could still get in this thing. I don't think they will, but should they get they in? They have to win two I games. Even less competitive of a series, but at least we'd get John Moran. Yeah. Yeah, more jaw would be better. What's uh what's number five on your list here? Now we get into the now we get into the Man. tough decisions. It's really a it's now it's a five way tie. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I want to be a homer here because I or I and not put my team here, but I think it's Denver Utah. I think this series is actually has a chance to be really fascinating. You're talking about 
the best offense, what I think is the best offensive center in the NBA and Nikola Jokic versus arguably the best defensive center, probably the best defensive center in the NBA in Rudy Gobert. So you've got a nice matchup there. I think it's going to be very intriguing, but Anthony, the game is before sunrise, every single game. You have to factor that in. Um, I keep harping. On this. I keep harping. I keep harping on the fact that this is the uh, the morning series. But no, I, I think this is going to be a really good series. Both teams have a lot to prove. I think whichever team loses this one, it's going to feel like maybe some major changes need made. First round exit. So there's a lot on the line for this one. Yeah, I, this is where I think the league really screwed up because they have all of the Lakers Blazers games that like. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the, in those first four, and I, I just don't think people need to watch the Lakers in that time slot when the you're trying to gonna expand. Do though, you know they, that they probably will, they probably will, but like, but it's it's a it's a it's a snake eating its tail, in my opinion. It's just it's just it it doesn't really do the league any long term good there to watch the Lakers beat up on a on a on a Blazers team or a Grizzlies team that just isn't really in their class when you could expand interest throughout the league in a series like uh, the, the, this Denver and Utah one that, that has some really intriguing elements to it. It's, it's yeah. kind of a bummer the way that they said situated this, What's your number four series. So my number four, Miami, Indiana, which I actually, I, this one I want to really buy into. I mean, who is the player of the bubble? you know, that's elevated their game the most. I think it's TJ Warren. I mean, he's like the one of the breakout stars of the bubble. But guess what? There's one player he sucks against. It's Jimmy Butler. They're going yeah. up against each other. There's a built-in storyline. Yeah. You know, star versus star here. Um, th they're both very talented teams. I think very well-coached teams. Miami does lead the season series 3-0, to zero, and those are some high-profile games, by the way, because those games are um, – you know, th those games had a loud, loud moments in them. They, by, by the way, they play tomorrow. Um, and mm -hmm. <laughs> it's weird that they're matched up against each other, but um, they, they also play on the final day. But to me, that one has bad blood. It's got very good teams. I think they're pretty even. You look mm -hmm. at the series, Indiana loses by one. Indiana lost and then got kind of handily lost the last two times they play. This is a, this is a great series. I, I, I think this one is going to be a must-see TV. You know, it, we're going to talk about the, this other series here in a second between the Celtics <sighs> and the 76ers and and how I really like the the like throwback rivalry between those two teams. And the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers, we all grew up playing, uh, you know, with those two teams in the NBA Jam. Like, I just give me give me everything. Such that weird reasons for liking a series, but I'm with it's it. It's so great. It. Like, it's such a great matchup for for stuff that like we grew up on, and 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 so in that in that respect, I'm really looking forward to it. But but there are very few things that are better, maybe across all of sports, than the uh, cross positional or, or or same positional rivalries. And in this one, you have Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren. And they play. They play the same position. They're gonna be. They're gonna be guarding each other. Like that's what I really, really look forward to. Not just in this one, but then eventually, if the Lakers play the the the, the Clippers, and then eventually, if the Lakers play the the Bucks, like give me really, really, really good players playing the same position and going up against each other as often as I can possibly see it. Well, I misspoke actually earlier when I said they didn't have something to play for. They actually have the exact same record going into tomorrow's matchup. So. 
Um, I guess this is for home court advantage. <laughs> so, they, so they do not have anything to really play for. <laughs> What's the next matchup on your list here? This, I mean, this, this gets the deeper you go, the harder it gets. Um, I put Boston Philadelphia next. Easily could have been number one. I think with yeah. the Ben Simmons injury, it gets it gets knocked down a bit. But um, you know, there's some bad blood. There's some history. You know, there's Al Horford from Boston. Now he's in Philadelphia. There's a little bit of that. There's Embiid playoff Embiid. Um, there's mm-hmm. it's a style fight. You're going to get some size. You know, it, from with 76ers versus you know maybe a little more versatility with Boston. This one's intriguing. I, this one's going to be a great one. 76ers lead the season series three to one for whatever that's worth. Um, I, I, like I said, the Simmons injury takes a little of the steam out of this, but I like it. I just want everybody out there to give me a lot of credit for not saying that's what she said, given the way that Adam opened up uh, th- this this uh, matchup here. But I'll say this, between what? the Boston Celtics and the 76ers, and then for several other teams out here, uh, I'm looking at at teams that, like you mentioned, Utah and Denver, right? The loser of that is going to walk away from this saying, do we have to make ma- major changes here? Yeah. Uh, Celtics and 76ers, if the Sixers lose in the first round here, they're probably going to be faced with some major decisions. And Might and, be there already, to be honest, but yeah. Yeah, it will. And then if the Celtics lose in the first round here, they're really faced with some of those decisions, right? Like is is – uh, Brad Stevens actually the the, the long term coach of the future, right? Of course, they uh, signed all him of already, those, So the answer is yes. <laughs> well, sure, but like like you can you can replace coaches, you know. And, and oh all I'm saying God. is that like you 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 well, if they <laughs> lose in the first round to the 76ers without Ben Simmons, Stevens just gets gets to walk from that. That's insane to me. I t- That's I crazy. Yeah, I also just don't see it happening. But you you're there's yeah okay okay. All right, what's your next one? Well, there's only one left. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Houston Rockets, and I can't wait Man, for that one. That's your top series. It's my huh? top series. Look, I like Oklahoma City. I think they're I think they're a, a dangerous team. But what I like is we get a little bit of bad blood. Number yes. one, we don't know the health of Russell Westbrook. We don't know how quickly he's going to be back from that. You know, we don't know how they're going to look without him. All all these different variables, but you also get Chris Paul revenge game. You get, Mm -hmm. uh, you get a little bit of pressure. You get a style fight. You get a lot of different factors in this one. And I think it's going to be great. Houston. I mean, let's, I I feel bad for them. It's tough losing one of your key members this late with, you know, such little time to adjust. I just think it makes them vulnerable. I think the longer this goes on, the better Houston, you know, obviously will get. But I like this match. It's my number one matchup. You got bad blood. You got superstars. You got style fight. Um, it, it's going to be a good one. Four or five in the West. Losing Russ is a real bummer here. It, it really is. Hopefully, it's only for a game or two. We did see Russ play at one point in his career with a dent in his face. So <laughs> it, it, it might be closer to one game than two. I, I will say this. It's really rare that you see a series like this have so many storylines that like James Harden being formerly of the Oklahoma City Thunder, like hardly even comes to mind. Man, yeah, because it's so old, but you are right. Yeah, there is something there. It's it's crazy. Russ so, Westbrook you think of, of course, but yeah, James Harden. <laughs> it's I, I'm I'm really looking forward to how that goes down. And and you know, I think for all of these matchups, there's there's you know, with very few exceptions, I think, you know, some of the, 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 the Milwaukee, the Eastern conference, top of the conference matchups, those are going to be kind of, all right, we can get through those and then we'll see those teams in the second round. But 
for just about every other team, I think all of these series are going to produce some really incredible moments. And for an Orlando bubble that has already produced a ton of them, I'm I'm really looking forward to to how that might look moving forward. So it's going to be uh, fun. These are good matchups, though. I mean, honestly, if, if I, there's probably people listening to this podcast that are, how could you have this team that way? When after the first three, I think you can talk yourself into any of these. Yeah, and, and that's what's so exciting about it. There's a lot of evenly matched teams in the NBA this year, which I I really like. I don't know that we've had. You have your clear favorites, but I don't know that we've had this many teams that are, in my opinion, are so similar to each other, and that's that's really cool. Right. I, I actually really agree. It, it's Adam, you and I did too much agreeing on this one. If you agree with me, then then what do I even have you for? So. <laughs> I must be wrong if I agree with you. <laughs> Reevaluate my thoughts. All right. That's going to do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA podcast. Next time, Adam and I talk to each other. Uh, a couple of these teams are going to be down one or two games to zero. And people are going to be overreacting about how that stuff is going. So I really can't, can't look, wait. I, I can't wait for that stuff. Playoff basketball is here, man. And and the other thing that I think that we really need to, to mention before we sign off here is the fact that we can just focus on the basketball. Because given everything else that's going on in, in, in terms of COVID, and especially you look at what's going on in Major League Baseball, like the fact that the NBA hasn't had a positive test in the bubble to this point uh, is is pretty astounding. And, and the fact that that is something that people don't have to think about while they're watching all of this great basketball. And, and hopefully that continues moving forward as they welcome uh, family members into the bubble here uh, here in a bit. I, I really hope, knock on wood, that that continues. And, and I think the NBA really deserves a ton of credit for how they've handled this to this point. This was not easy. This was not an easy thread. Uh, or, or needle the thread. I don't know what that saying goes. <laughs> you kind of got, <laughs> but, but 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 here we are. Have a great rest of your weekend. Adam and I will talk to you on Friday.